We welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister of the church, and we're so pleased to have you sharing with us. I take this opportunity, speaking for my wife and, and, and myself, to wish each of you, each of you mothers, a very blessed Mother's Day. Needless to say, we are so grateful for the mothers, especially the mothers who have sought to live a godly, godly life and have sought to raise their children and to be the kind of mother that the scriptures talk about. We're going to be talking this morning about the fact that there is a ministry that mothers render if they seek to have a heart for the things of the Lord. And we'll be reading some of scripture that you're very familiar with, and that is in 2 Timothy, the first chapter and verse five. And this is what we read. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois uh, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. This morning, we're going to talk about the importance of mothers passing on a love for the scriptures. And it is still important, needless to say, for moms today. Now, our purpose today is twofold. First and foremost, needless to say, we honor the Lord Jesus with everything we say and everything we do. And secondly, to honor our mothers. It is Mother's Day, and we want to give respect and honor to our mothers. James Dobson said some time ago, he said, I have the highest respect and admiration for those who are blessed to be called mothers. There are few assignments in human experience that require the array of skills and wisdom needed by a mom in fulfilling her everyday duties. You've probably heard it said before, and Mr. Dobson says that she must be a resident psychologist, a physician, a theologian, an educator, a nurse, a chef, a taxi driver, a fire marshal, and occasionally a police officer. And if she succeeds in each of these responsibilities, she gets to do it all over again tomorrow. And so we look at our world and possibly a lot of us uh, know that we're living in some very challenging, challenging times. And we know that uh, uh, if there's ever been a time when that we needed mothers who sought the teachings of the scriptures and who sought the way of the Lord, uh, it is now. I uh, read about Ben Mandrell tells about he said if you want to understand and probably a lot of you can't identify with this uh, you've gone into a office uh, for where a mother would be there with her child to see the pediatrician and she sits for 45 minutes with a cranky feverish toddler on her lap and mom and baby are finally ushered into the examining room and and the doc doctor checks out the sick child and and then tells the woman with a straight face be sure to keep him quiet for four or five days don't let him scratch the rash make certain he keeps the medicine down and you'll need to watch his stool yes sir said the mother any other suggestions and the doctor said yes just one this disease is highly contagious so keep your other four kids away from him 
Well, I would say that was quite an assignment which had been given to this mother. And and needless to say, with grace and with love, many and many a mother has done that very thing. We look this morning, and according to the Bible, there is a lot more to being a mother than simply making a tasty peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, without the crust. There is more uh, to it than applying a Spider-Man Band-Aid or washing washing hair without getting water in the child's eyes. These are physical demands on mothers. But friends, also we understand there are biblical demands. There are spiritual demands as well. And without question, the demands are very important to realize. The spiritual need of children are even greater than their physical needs. You're called to pass on more than a good recipe book or skill in loading a dishwasher. As we try to understand mothers accept the challenge and the blessings that come from motherhood, you're called to pass on the things of God. Now, this morning, I read the scripture in Second uh, Timothy, the first chapter, in verse 5, and I'm sure you read this many a time, but there are some things I want to point out, I think, that would be a blessing to all of us, and because I want you to see the power of a godly mother in a young person's life. Timothy was the spiritual son of Paul, and as far as we know, the apostle Paul was never married, nor did he have children but he had spiritual children. And Timothy was one of those boys. And needless to say, he was lucky to have such an incredible spiritual father in Paul. But we studied the scriptures and we noticed long before Paul arrived on the scene, while Paul was studying pharisaical law and persecuting Christians, and of course we know that in his life, he was called Saul and after his conversion, his name was changed to Paul. Timothy was growing up in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And after, and the reason that he was growing into a godly man was because he had two women, godly, righteous, firm, determined women who were tilling the soil in his heart. His mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois were training that boy to be used mightily by God. Now this this morning, I want us to look at uh, verses one through five here in just a second. And uh, listen again as uh, we read again from the book of Timothy. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace and mercy and praise from God and peace, the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Great words as Paul writes to his spiritual brother as he writes to Timothy. Now Paul saw in Timothy a great legacy. It began in a godly grandmother. Do not underestimate, Grandma, the power of your life and perspective. It is a known fact that as people grow older, they tend to move slower, stoop over. You're you're not getting taller, you're, you're getting shorter. Why is that? 
I am sure there are medical reasons that involve your spine, but perhaps there are spiritual reasons as well. And one theory has been espoused, and this is what they said, uh, an old sage once remarked that the elderly slow down and stoop over so that they can see things as children once again, so that they can hold the hands of children who toddle along on inexperienced feet. That bug on the sidewalk, the snail under the cabbage leaf, the robin pulling the worm from the rain-moist earth, these are the things that small children and their grandparents notice. And this is in a book by uh, Aaron Wigan, uh, The Gift of Grandparenting. God has given to you, grandmother, a unique perspective that hurried mothers don't always have. In Proverbs 17, 6, this is what it says. These beautiful words, children's children are a crown to the aged. Timothy was blessed not only with a godly mother, but also a godly grandmother. And when a child has those two things, he has more than riches than Solomon in all of his splendor. Now, we're going to look this morning and notice that three things that the mother of Timothy did, Eunice did for her son, Timothy. First of all, she passed on a love for the scriptures. In the third chapter of the uh, book of Timothy, beginning in verse 14, listen to these words, and through verse 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First of all, listen, people, Eunice had a tremendous love for the scriptures. We want to see a better world. We want to see more happiness. We want to see real joy. I submit to you, there are absolute answers. And a big portion of getting on the road to seeing more happiness, more peace, and living as we ought to live is, excuse me, when mothers realize the tremendous responsibility that they have in raising children. Mothers understand that no single thing will have a greater impact on your child than the truth of Scripture. You can read all the parenting books. You can read all the fun books for your child, thrilling birthday parties, and top-notch arts and craft projects. Those things are important. But listen to me, brothers and sisters. If you want to hand your child a, li a life-changing practice, it will be in uh, his or her ability to read and understand God's Word. You see, God has written the recipe for spiritual success, and here it is. The truth of the Word plus faith in Christ plus the Holy Spirit's power equal dynamic or, or spiritual life. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul asked rhetorically, how shall they, unbelievers, hear without a preacher? And later explains that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God, of Christ. The word presented 
by our mouths is God's plan for reaching people with the gospel. The word must be spoken and it must be embraced in your home. In the book of Acts, we read about a person by the name of Lydia. And uh, and she's hearing the word of God spoken. And Paul is speaking the sacred scriptures. And this is what it says. And uh, a certain woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Notice that God opened this woman's heart when and only when the word was being spoken and the uh, and came, she came to a saving faith. Think about it this way, moms. If one of your children fell out of a boat into dangerous water, which of you would not extend a rope to rescue your child? Well, needless to say, all of you would. The Bible says that your son or daughter is born into a world that is filled with treacherous currents. There is a downward pull in this world that will suck them down to hell. But God has given you a tool to rescue your children from death. That tool is not a life jacket. It is not a rubber wrap. You have the inspired word of God, and when it is spoken, it has power. Timothy had the privilege of hearing the word in the most marvelous manner. He heard it first from the family, more specifically from his grandmother and his mother, and he heard it from infancy. In Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, you've read these words many a time. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mothers, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Paul is talking in the uh, Paul in the book of Deuteronomy. The Deuteronomy writer is talking about the importance of what we are to do. It's not somebody else, but we have the responsibility of passing on the great truths. Not only did she have a tremendous love, listen, as we are able to ascertain this about Eunice, a tremendous love for the scriptures, but she had also an incredible and sincere faith. Because of genetics, you will pass on some traits to your children. Your child might have big brown eyes or a funny shaped nose and go on, we could go on, and these things are hereditary. However, Faith is not hereditary. Just because you follow Christ, this does not mean your children will. And so, friends, as we look out in our world today, as we look many times what is being taught in our schools, in our colleges, in so many areas of life, I fear that we are not lifting up the greatest teachings in all the world, and there is no greater teachings that we can find for teaching our children than in the sacred Bible. Uh, Just keep in mind, friends, that we have such a great opportunity to share and to teach our children uh, what is right and what is wrong. One of the things I think all of us need to keep in mind is that Children and all people, they can tell for the most part whether we are genuine or not. And uh, we know as we look at the life of our Lord that Jesus could not stomach pretenders. 
He he wants us to be authentic. And what we need to keep in mind as we go through this life and as we live our lives, we only have one opportunity. Lost opportunities never return. And so we look at uh, Eunice and she had a sincere faith. And I I would say many times, maybe this is too harsh, uh, but uh, you uh, uh, need to realize that many, many people uh, are looking at us and uh, many people are looking at you mothers. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people say your children are watching your faith like a hawk. They want to know if you're authentic. They want to know if you are real. They are asking the question, can I really have faith in an invisible God? How do I know that God exists? What has he done? And if that child cannot see in you a radically changed life, then that child will grow up wondering what difference Jesus makes. Has uh, this so-called God really changed my mother's life? Or is this a religious game that she learned from her mother? Hypocrisy will kill your child. You must pass on a sincere faith. Every person needs a point of reference for what they say, for what they do, their response. And I submit to you, friends, mothers, nothing greater can you do to point out to your child or your children that the point of reference that they need for their life is in the teachings of the Holy Scriptures. You see, not only did Eunice talk about the importance of a love for the Scriptures, not only did she talk about having a sincere faith, but she also talked about passing on a desire to serve others. Back in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, we read about uh, Lydia and we read about Paul and we read about Timothy. And this is what it says. I want you to listen as I read uh, verses 1 through 3. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in the area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And so here we read about Paul came to Derby, then to Lystria, where a disciple named Timothy lived, and whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystria and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him, as we read, because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now I want you to notice something here, is that Timothy eagerly followed Paul into ministry. He knew that Paul had been stoned the last time he was in Lystria. He knew that he was leaving his mama and may never see her on this side of heaven again. But Timothy had been trained, listen to me, from childhood that his life was not his own that God had made him for a purpose, and he was deeply committed to ministry. Now, why did Timothy risk his life for a mission trip with Paul? Well, I have a particular thought, and it was because he had watched his mother serve others for decades. It's what he had been trained to do. I cannot tell you, mothers, how important 
It is for your children to see you reaching out and caring for uh, others. Teach your children how to give themselves away. Share a meal with a hurting person. Share your money with others. Share fellowship. Share encouragement. And on and on we could go. And so we notice that if we uh, are going to be effective, that we have got to uh, share and encourage our children to serve and to serve with all of our hearts. Friends, we understand that we have to let our children go. The truth is they are not your children. The Bible calls you a pilgrim just passing through this earth. But it also describes you as a steward. The word steward means manager. And when you go to a restaurant and you meet the manager, you don't ask him, hey, uh, what did you pay for this place? He didn't buy it. It belongs to someone else. He's being paid to manage someone else's investment. That's the way the Bible describes everything in your life. Your money, your time, your assets, even your children. These things you get to manage for a short time. So what does that mean? It means that you can't keep them. And so when we look at this in the the teachings here at Acts 16 about where that Timothy joins Paul on a journey, I want you to notice that Timothy did have a father. It says that his father was a Greek, but we have no indication that he ever became a believer in God. It may have been, he may have been a nice man. He may have spent hours playing toys with his children, but it seems clear that he had zero spiritual influence on his children. Timothy, great, great person of God, was a mighty man. Isn't that something great to say? Because he had a mighty mother in God, a woman of God in his life, a single mother. He be encouraged. God can save a boy's soul through the power of a godly mother. He can overcome any obstacle. Nothing is impossible with God. This poem that I'm going to read, the author is unknown, is called A Small Handprint on the Wall. One day I was picking the toys up off the floor. I noticed a small handprint on the wall beside the door. I knew that it was something that I'd seen most every day, but this time when I saw it there, I wanted to stay. Then tears well up inside my eyes. Children grow up so grow up way too fast. Just then, I put my chores aside and held my children tight. I sang to them sweet lullabies, rocked into the night. Sometimes we take for granted all those things that seem so small, like one of God's great treasures, a small handprint on the wall. Mothers, again, I say to you, as I said at the beginning, I pray God's richest blessings upon your life. And I pray that all of us will see that Eunice had a tremendous handle on life. She loved the scriptures. She had a great faith and she served others, had taught her children to serve others. And how important that is if we're going to do, in fact, what the Lord wants us to do. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this special day. And Father, I pray for your blessings to be upon each mother. I pray that you'll keep them in your care. And I will pray that you will guide them and that they will have a desire to be a Christian mother. In the Master's name we pray. Amen.